And uh, we have a host of things that we want to talk about. So um, I think for starters, let's do this. Um, let's take and start out with uh, let's start out with the beginning of your your uh, journey because I'm somewhat familiar with it because we're from the same hometown. So um, why don't we start with that? And we can start rolling. Okay. That, that's obviously about to be a Greg Williams question. Am I correct? That's right. <laughs> that's right. Okay. So, and yeah. I'll tell you what, because there's so much that I can talk about, and I'm, I'm, I'm game. But give me a question, and let's talk about it. Okay. Now, we started our journeys. Um, basically, I think I started like in about, I want to say 69, not trying to give my age, but I think 69 was when I started my journey. Um, and I believe um, your journey, uh, was the patterns the first group that you were with? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you, something, you said you're not giving away your age. You're giving away mine, too. We come up together, <laughs> partner. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I mean, you so you're telling all both of us, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, all good. Because um, I remember the days. I think we had we had the patterns. We had the TMG. We had uh, Family Brown. We had um, and the younger years had Captain Crunch and the Funky Bunch. Um, they came all and, uh, and Don't forget about the People's Choice and the Strides. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the Cavells, which was the girl group, and there was a bunch of us. Bunch yeah, of us. It was a bunch of us. There was so much talent in Grand Rapids in those years. I mean, we should have been started a long time ago. You know what I'm saying? On, on Absolutely. So let's let's got you motivated. What got you motivated into music to begin with? Okay, I mean, fortunately, it's strangely enough too. I mean, for those who don't know, I did my autobiography, switched to Barge Motown and me a few years back, and fortunately it's been a bestseller from that point to this, because it talks about not only my history, but it also talks about the history of switching the beginnings of the barge. But the thing of it is, is uh, my history goes all the way back to being in kindergarten, man, I'm singing a Christmas play. And I don't know, that put a little fire up under my little bony butt back then, and I said I was going to be an entertainer at age six, and that's all I ever pursued. Now, the first group of any local and regional notoriety was the Patterns, which was my uncle Sylvester, my cousin David Jennings, myself, and uh, Nate Thomas, who was our neighbor but became our brother. And uh, we wound up, I can't even remember the years, man. I mean, I'm thinking 69, 68, 69, 70. uh, And I'm probably right, too, now that I think about it. But uh, those were the beginning years of all that madness. Now, I remember you um, playing the horn um, back in them times. So the transition took place after that, pretty much, right? Well, actually, I took that horn in the switch as well. That's what, you know, that's what prompted me to put switch together. I I played trumpet, played keyboard, sang, talked about the trash. And so... I wanted to pull together a group of guys with like minds, and so what I wanted to do was finding guys that could play more than one instrument, everybody could sing lead, and uh, everybody wanted to live this dream. And so, but yeah, I did, I mean, to get back to your question, yeah, I played trumpet from the very beginning. I started, I played trumpet from fourth grade on, and that's what really brought me into it. 
Well, I remember you playing the trumpet, and I remember you doing some singing, um, and I remember the opportunities that you awarded me along the way. I never forgot that. Um, um, and I will also say Tommy McGee as well, because um, Tommy managed me for um, a few years. I remember. Yep. I and remember. I just, yes. So I really appreciate the love from you guys. Um, and then going on, let's move on, because we know that we had all these talented acts in Grand Rapids. So let's move on to how this whole situation took place when you left. Because a lot of people don't know this situation with Barry White. Now, there is right. more that you want to tell that, you know, I know that that was one of the first signing deals you had, wasn't it? With Barry? That was the very first record deal I had, even though uh, uh, Black Aces of Soul, who I played with for a whole month and a half, had a record. Mm-hmm. And the TMGs, okay. who I played with a whole year and a half, had a record. But my first real record That's deal right. was with Barry White as my manager. And that was in yeah. 1973. 1973. How, yeah. how did that come about? Uh, ironically, uh, Darnell Wack, another Grand Rapids native who also played with TMGs, yep. uh, Darnell yep. and I were tight all those years, and he wound up with the group. He wound up leaving. I went. I wound up going to school at Grand Valley State, and Darnell wound up leaving, going to Ohio to be with the Ohio players. I mean, excuse me, uh, uh, TNT Flashers were the name at the time. And... Okay. Uh, uh, the group got, you know, they had some notoriety. They wound up getting a possible deal with Barry White. But a couple of the guys didn't want to wait no more. Um, a couple of the musicians, the keyboard player, trumpet player, cougar player, they didn't want to wait no more. Darnell decided to call me and see if I wanted to join, if I wanted to leave Grand Valley and go to join this band in Phoenix, Arizona, who was about to get signed with Barry White. Okay. Well, at the time, Bobby DeBarge and I had been together for about three years with different bands. I told Darnell, yeah, I'll come. I said, but you got to bring Bobby. If Bobby can come, I'll come. If Bobby can't come, I right. can't leave him. And and with that in mind, they worked it out and uh, uh, for Bobby to come. You know, they didn't pay for his plane ticket, so I had to go hustle and get him a plane ticket. But I don't know if you remember Mr. Champ, Ulysses Champion. Billy? Yeah, oh, yeah. Champ, anyway, yeah. Champ got me the money to, to get Bobby out. So me and Bobby left in 1973 and joined the band. And six months after we got to Arizona with the guys, we signed with Barry White. In the course of that, uh, it took us about a year and a half, but we wound up recording that White Heat album, that one album that we got back more copies than were ever pressed up. So that's why people don't know that much about the Barry White. <laughs> that's why people don't know much about the Barry White history. But anyway. A couple of people bought it, right? Right. A couple of people bought it, right? Yeah, a couple of people bought it, but I think a couple of people sent it back too. So there it was. No, <laughs> <laughs> I remember it well. I remember it well. So, um, so as that transpired, what was the agreement there? Was it a, did they have you under contract for a couple of years with Barry? Oh, of course they did, man. In fact, uh, okay. uh, yeah, I talk about that a lot. Because I uh, even on Unsung, uh, TV1's Unsung, I talked about that because I told what Barry White told me when I asked him, could we get an attorney? I won't repeat it now. We'll leave that on for, <laughs> for Exit right. Radio. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, we were signed with Barry White from 1973 to 1975, really, 70, late 75. And okay. then, and the funny thing about it, let me share this too. Uh, uh-huh. The album went out. The album did nothing. Barry White 
left his deal with RCA, so therefore he dropped White Heat. But he named White Heat, so he took the name back and stole our bass player. I mean, oh, wow. that alone was discouraging. There was 13 of us, man, and we all in a house in Akron, Ohio, and we playing the, the local circuit. But when Barry White dropped us, we couldn't use the name White Heat no more. And it was discouraging. So one at a time, cats out of the band just walked off. They just left. Now, there's 13 of us in a house in Akron, Ohio. I'm the only one that stayed. I said, I'm not giving up on this dream. And so after staying there and working the local circuit and hanging out for about a year, I talked to a partner of mine who was able to get me some money, and I said, I'm putting my own band together. And that's when I put Switch together. So oh man, that's, that. that's amazing. So as we go through that situation with Barry, that contract comes to an end. So now yes. you're in California, right? No, 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 no. When that contract came to an end, I was in Akron, Ohio, because we had left California immediately after recording the album, went back to Ohio because that's where the guys were from, and that's where they had mm-hmm. a base. So we went back. We moved me and Darnell and Bobby DeBarge moved to Akron, Ohio with everybody else, and that's when we put together a touring unit. And for a while, we worked with Graham Central Station, uh, Tower Power, uh, Mandrill. We opened for a lot of these other acts under the name of White Heat while this album was supposed to get out and make some noise. Well, it didn't. So when Barry dropped the group, we were in Akron, Ohio, and that's where everybody left me at. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Is that where you met Philip Ingram? That's absolutely where I met Philip Ingram. Absolutely. But Philip was, uh, before the group broke up, the group was working circuits. In fact, Philip actually, uh, he was with a group there called Rosso, and they opened a couple dates for us. So that's where I met Philip. Oh, okay. I also heard that okay. Howard Hewitt is from Akron also. Absolutely. And believe it or not, uh, they're all, they were really all close friends. We're all friends, you know, and have been for years. But Eddie Fluellen and my group and Howard were in sixth grade together. From, and so they come up from there together. Wow. Yes, and oh, I also heard that yeah. you that you handpicked everybody to be in Switch. You are the founder. You are the man that put it all together, Mr. Gregory Williams. I heard that also. I like the sound of that because it's got nothing but truth to it. Work for me. <laughs> yeah, I did. Man. I did. And you know what? And I'll tell you this. I was heartbroken when White Heat broke up, and I said, okay, I done been through a lot of bands, TMGs, Patterns, White Heat, this band, that band. I say, and everybody broke up. It's time for me to put my own together. So I did. There you go. There you go. Yep. Just that simple. And I knew what to do. So, so I did. So this is the next situation. So as we are left alone, what happens from that point? Where do you where do you go from there? From which point? When White Heat broke up or what? From which point? Yeah. Yeah. When they broke up. Well, like I said, when White Heat broke up, from White Heat, when White Heat broke up, I had a friend who wanted me to produce one of his acts over in Europe. And I told him, well, man, I'm putting my own band together. I said, uh, if you got a few dollars, help me out. So believe it or not, he brought me $8,000. He came in from Germany. He brought $8,000, enough for me to put my own band together. So while I'm waiting on him to come with the money, I handpicked the guys that I wanted in my group. 
I mean, I thought about it. I sat on my mama's steps at 841 Alexander in Grand Rapids, Michigan, because I'd gone back home for a month. Mm-hmm. And I sit on that front porch, and I said, okay, what you want to do? You want to produce? You want to? Uh, and, and I did. That's what I really wanted to do. But the quickest way to become a hit producer, I thought, was to have a band, which worked for me. So I put my own band together. I decided what kind of band I wanted. I wanted guys that could sing. Everybody had to sing. Everybody had to play more than one instrument. And everybody had to believe, do or die, that that this dream was going to happen. And so of all the choices I had in Grand Rapids and Buffalo, New York, and Akron, Ohio, and various other places in the country, the guys that y'all got wound up seeing, with the inclusion initially of Melvin Clark of Grand Rapids, Michigan, those were the guys that wound up being switched. Okay, and I mentioned Melvin because Melvin left before the first record came out. But at heart, he'd always been a part of Switch, you know, and it was crazy mm-hmm. circumstances that took him away. But Melvin were with us. There were seven of us initially. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. And, and with that, to continue on the story, I took that $8,000. Mm-hmm. I moved everybody to Mansfield, Ohio, because nobody had girlfriends or families or anything there. I wanted to focus, and I was in control. So I moved everybody there. We took two weeks. We cut a demo. Uh, didn't know nobody in Hollywood thinking, you know, okay, but we got to go back to California to try to make this happen. I didn't know nobody but Barry White, and Barry didn't have no time for me. So me and Jody right. flew back out to L.A. Me and Jody full, flew back out to L.A. hopeful. Wait a minute, let me give you the catch to this, which is unheard. I had the audacity to tell the guys in the group, yeah, I'll have a deal in two weeks. <laughs> that's, un- okay. that's unheard of. Unheard of. But I call it audacity, but believe it or not, guys, I mean, folks, I believe that. In my heart, I believe that. And I did it. I had met Jermaine Jackson in nine days after getting to L.A. Met him in an elevator. Wow. Wow. Okay? And I'm I'm yeah. giving y'all the eye factors, but let me give you the real factor. That was God's doing. <laughs> I was just a recipient of a gift from God. Trust me. Because I had yeah. all the faith in the world. But the bottom line is is that God took that and turned that into I, – I met the guy in the elevator, guys. Yeah. And uh, we, looked yeah. At, we looked at each other. We couldn't even talk in the elevator. There were too many people in the elevator. We looked at each other and smiled. And uh, him and his wife, him and Hazel Gordy, Barry's daughter, his wife at the time, who was pregnant mm-hmm. all the way out to the elevator doors, uh, they got mm-hmm. off on the fifth floor of this elevator, and me and Jody went all the way down to the first floor and said we should have gave him the tape. And it took about 20 minutes, y'all, for the elevator to empty out and us to for the stop at each floor, empty out, and us to go all the way back up. And uh, wow. strangely enough, when we got back up and we ran down this corridor, at the end of the corridor, Jermaine and Hazel were sitting in the car. They should have left the parking lot, but they, should, they were sitting in the car looking for a tape to play. And we had this one hmm. tape. We had one cassette because we couldn't afford to get no more from the studio in Ohio. (laughs) So we had had this one cassette. And I ain't never started in my life, y'all, but I did that day. I told you, we want you to hear this tape. So so he took it and he did and he called us and left it 24 hours. Wow. And there's so much more more to the story, you guys, but that's that's the history of that one. All right, let's do this. Let's go to a commercial break and let's uh, not lose that thought. 
So let's go to commercial break. CJ, you want to send us there? I got it. You're listening to the chat reel with Billy and friends on the Caribbean Radio Network. Keep it tuned right here. Coming up, we've got Switch. They'll never be. Uh, love you over. I call your name, of course. We'll be right back with Greg Williams. All right. From the group Switch, the founder.
All right, let's go back. All right, everybody there? Everybody there? Everybody in. Uh, everybody in. And, um, yes. Okay. Um, Gregory, okay. yeah, let me make sure he's in. I am in. Okay. All right. And, and, and be, before All we right. move forward, before we move forward, you guys, First of all, I'm honored and very appreciative that you guys would have me on here and let me talk. But you know something? I don't know who the heck all I'm talking to other than my boy Billy, who I grew up with. Talk to me. Tell me who's on here. Let me introduce it, because I think you might have missed the intro on this. Let me I introduce it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I did. You got Denise, you got Denise Gattatis that's that's talking right now. Um, yes. Hello, Denise. It's very nice to meet you, Greg. My brother, yeah. And then we have TJ. Uh, we have TJ here. Um, Jackson, TJ Jackson. Uh, What's up, TJ? Hello, hello. Yeah, hey man, I've been paying your. Music. I ain't mad at you, man. I ain't mad at you. Come on. Hey, hey, and I, and, hey, and I, can, I, and I can sing a little bit. I try to mimic all you guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't mad at you either, man. Come on. Okay. Just do it solo. Do it solo. Okay, nobody hear you. You know what, Fred Bird? Um, actually, TJ um, was one of the, the main uh, DJs here in Lansing when they started the station up. Um, he's a 
He's also a family member, but uh, he's been, he ran the station for quite some time. So uh, Yeah, I uh, I've helped break Goldie Love's record, Hurry, Don't You Wait, which is a slow jam classic. There we go. Yeah. Go on. Go on. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, TJ. Thank you. Um, you have, uh, I think you got Robin Jones here. John, Robin Jones, you here? I am. Hello. How are you? Hello, Robin. How are you, sweetie? I am wonderful. Awesome. Okay. Now, we have one more. We have two more, actually, but uh, L is sick. He's down. Um, then uh, Julie, I don't know if she's on or not. Um, but she's not getting a signal where she's at. So Julie gotcha. uh, Sepulveda, she's uh, one of the hosts. And also um, we have El Bracey that's down right now that's been sick. So we understand the same question. So. Gotcha. But I'm sorry about that, Greg, because I thought that uh, you might have caught that. So my bad. You no, 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 so, no apology necessary. I just, I just like to know who I'm talking to. And again, it's a okay. pleasure, you guys, for you to have me on. I appreciate it, and uh, I, I'm enjoying. So let's do the darn thing. Okay, let's, let's get back. Let's get back to um, the Jermaine Jackson situation. Let's go ahead and go for it, man. You got the you got the range. Uh, 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 one second before you get started. You know what I think that connection was in the elevator, Greg? It was the Midwestern thing. You know, we all have that Midwestern thing about us. We can look at each other and know we're from small hometowns in the Midwest, had good family upbringings. I think that's what the I ain't going to deny that either. I ain't going to deny that either. Yeah. And, and obviously, Jermaine felt that right away. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm telling you, if that's amazing, the faith that you had initially to get to that point, that's amazing within itself. But let's get back to the cassette that you gave you know, and call back in 24 hours. Yeah, uh, well, actually, yeah, we did a little eight-song demo while we were in Ohio, you know, and uh, some things that – and a lot of people don't know this, so I'm going to share this information here and now, and you all can ask me about it as it goes. But when I initially okay. put Switch together, y'all heard me talk about me telling White Heat I, would, I couldn't come if Bobby didn't come and stuff like that. Okay, right. but when I put Switch together, I did not include Bobby. I knew I would oh. go back and get Bobby, but I could not put Bobby in the initial group. You know, Okay. and without, uh, you know, if you ask, I'll tell you, but without divulging a bunch of reasons why I had another guy in the group, named Arnie Hayes, who was also a falsetto singer and one of the greatest keyboard players I ever heard in my life. He's a professor down oh, in New Orleans now, and he is still the bomb. Played with Stevie Wonder and some of everybody, but he is the bomb. But uh, I put him in the group at first, but when I it was time to – I had gotten a deal. Like I told you, I met Jermaine in nine days. So I'd basically right. gotten a deal. But, uh, of course, Motown wanted to see what they were buying, so they wanted us to come out and do a showcase. So when I called back for all the other guys, Philip and MC and Tommy and uh, 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 Arnie, the guy's name was Arnie. Arnie said he couldn't come. He refused to come. So in my panic and in my knowing pure talent, 
I opted to go back and get Bobby DeBarge, who was stuck in drug land at the time. But I made him right. tell me that he would not do that, that he would quit and that he would be okay. And I trusted that he would long enough for us to get this thing off the ground. I, that's my dear brother. I love him to, to this oh, day yeah. and, yeah. and miss him to this day. But I also knew his shortcomings, and I also knew how it would affect my plan overall. And that's why I initially yeah. didn't put him in. But that's why I also agreed to go back and get him once he told me I'll stay clean. And he stayed clean for a few years, so which was cool. But anyway. That was cool. Uh, yeah. No, that was God, guys. I can't deny it. I ain't going to let nobody else. That was God's doing. There was a plan there. There was a plan for Bobby. There was a plan for me. There was a plan for all those guys in that situation, you know, that was bigger than all of us. I was led to do what I did, you know, I, and I say right. that because even to this day, I am so thankful. I, you know, I'm so thankful it was me. I don't know what to do. You know, I, I love to boast and say, I, 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 and in this conversation, I will say, I, 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 but the truth of the matter, I'm telling y'all up front who did what, and I was just a vehicle. So well, with that let being me, said, let me say this, let me say this, and, and, and there's something that you had, you know, that I knew was something about you when I was coming up. That's why I tried to kind of be close to you because I knew there was something that you had to offer. You know, I mean, my group, I had Sylvester playing with me, your brother Sylvester. He played with me on one of my groups. But um, it was something that, that you see in a person, you know, and uh, tell me this if this is true, and I'll let you go ahead and continue. I thank you for that. Now, you, uh, wait a minute, let me, uh, before you go there, let me also say this. It was mutual, too, because I couldn't hang with you if you didn't have it. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Honestly. So, honestly. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. So now, now with Bobby, was it true that Bobby didn't want to didn't want to use his falsetto? Was he afraid to use it? Sometimes that's true. A lot of people don't talk about that. I had to talk him into yeah. that, man. Really? I can remember one particular conversation, and this was when he and I were signed with Barry White, and we were good, ready to go in the studio and record songs. And he and I had written songs, but he'd written most of them in his natural voice. But I noticed the difference in the excitement with that. And I said, Bobby, you right. can sing the one song called I've Been So Lonely and that he and I wrote. The one song that did make the album, I said, Bobby, you need to sing that in your upper row. He said, man, I don't want to do that, man. And he said, folks don't think I'm a sissy. I said, oh, dude. <laughs> I said, they're going to fall in love with you. You better go ahead and do what you right. do. Yeah. And he, he believed in me enough to follow. And from that point on, that's, you know, where he got the most strength and attention. Yeah. And you know something? I'll say this, too. It's so ironic we talk about this because I was thinking about this even earlier today. Bobby DeBarge, to me, is the greatest R&B falsetto in the history of, of black music. That's me. Now, it's just my opinion. Nobody has to agree or even think twice about it because I absolutely love Eddie Kendricks, and I love Philip Bailey. You know, and yeah. both of them are unique yeah. above and beyond the cookie cutter singers like the Blue Magic, Dynamic Superiors, uh, Delphonics, yeah. Ray Russell Thompson. Uh, I call them cookie cutters because they all sound the same. They're all great, don't get me wrong, but they sound the same. But Eddie Kendricks, Philip Bailey, 
Bobby Barnes. They had all of them had something unique. But in my heart and my mind, in my ears, in my head, Bobby Barnes was the best out of all of them because he was Say not brother, a singer. He, he sang naturally. Oh, That's where he sang you naturally. Bobby, Bobby was on the one. Bobby was on the one. <laughs> and y'all have no idea how creative he was. You done heard some great songs that he wrote and that he and I wrote. But the bottom like don't ever be in love over and over again. And and I I call your name and you and I. But Bobby, there was nobody like him. That was one of the most unique cats in the world. Trust me, he could pull stuff he out might. of that air. He could look at a well, light you know bulb what? and write a song. Well, I mean, that's how deep that was. But anyway. Yeah, the thing with it is with Bobby, he was very unique, and and I love his vocals, and, and nobody can touch Bobby. I mean, even Tommy, and as much as I love Tommy, and Tommy came and 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 uh, kicked it with me when the, when the group uh-huh. split up, and we hung for many time, many uh, days, man, together, and uh, even Tommy, he had he had a great voice. Uh, Elle had yeah. a great voice, but nothing can can compare to that Bobby Barnes. And and people want to say that L is close, and I don't know. In fact, we can get into this in a later conversation. They're all my little brothers. In fact, I don't know if any of you know that I was L's manager from 1996 to 2004. So I managed his career all those years. I didn't know that. And yes, absolutely. And uh, in fact, I got him his deal on Capitol and that Second Chance album that came out. So anyway, mm-hmm. but the thing of it is, is that Elle and I are close, always have been close, and uh, he is phenomenal, but he's not Bobby. Oh, he is. He's not no, Bobby. No. But to you me, the I combination of Bobby and Philip with the dual lead, that oh. you guys had it. I mean, just like just like how you got your name. You guys had, I mean, it, it, you had, Greg, you put together the right combination. You had the good ear, the good eye. You had the good heart, and you made it happen. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You know, I'm very proud of you. You know, I'm very proud of you um, for what you did. And like I said, Bobby, in his last days, I I went to see him. I was, I think I was still in Grand Rapids um, when he was over at, uh, I think it was Mary Seabed. But I I was up there. Me and Jay Bell uh, went up there and seen him. And, you know, it was just, just, a remarkable person. You know, Bobby and me, uh, we did a show with him down here in Lansing, him and Tommy. Yeah. And he, Bobby was yeah. just always the same whenever you've seen Bobby. And we were out to California together, actually, because he was going to um, take me into Motown, which he did go into Motown, but he's going to take me to meet Barry. And uh, so I was like, well, you know, I just got the one single. You know, I got to still do some work to get some more stuff, you know, together. So, that didn't happen, but you know he was always there, man, as as a friend. Yeah, I must say. Yeah. So let's continue. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's let's do a commercial break real quick. Come right back. So, TJ and everybody's got their phones on muted. Um, please mute them so we don't get a feedback. So let's go to commercial. TJ, send us the commercial. You're listening to the Caribbean Radio Show, the Chat Reel on the Caribbean Radio Network. This week's guest. Writer, producer, arranger, founder of Switch, Mr. Gregory Williams. Keep it tuned right there. We'll be right back. All right.
From author Dr. Denise Gotadis comes a self-help guide that will give you valuable information about the world around you in ways never imagined. The metaphysical God in relation to his creation. Available on Amazon. In this must-read book, you will learn about your importance in the world and the metaphysical universe around you. You will be introduced to the metaphysical God who has a relationship with you and those around you. Whether you are aware of this or not, you come into contact with him daily. He is omnipresent metaphysically. He is in and outside of his creation. And what does a metaphysical God have to do with you and the creation around you? You are a very big piece of a huge puzzle. The Metaphysical God in Relation to His Creator from author Dr. Denise Gotadis is available on Amazon. Order your copy right now.
Introducing Caribbean Radio Show, the chat reel with Billy and Friends. And now, here is your host, Billy Tappin. And we're back. Yes, chat reel worldwide, Caribbean Radio. And uh, we're going back with uh, Greg Williams. And, and Greg, um, that is the title of that song. Is love over and over? What's the title? No, that was I love you more. That was I love you more. I love you more. Very beautiful. Now, before we get into the interview, I want you to give out the information of how they can get this uh, this product, you know, and things of that nature. So, uh, go ahead and spell out what you need, you know, for us. Going okay, again, I love you. Okay, and I love you more is a song that Switch recently did, maybe a couple years ago, but it's still considered okay. new. Since it hadn't broke out to the masses, that's on Apple Music, Spotify. That's everywhere you can find music, you'll find that song. Okay? But also, uh, same as my book, which is Switch to Barge Motown and Me. That's on Amazon, Border Books, all the internet sites. But again, the song and the book you can get on my website, which is www.switchentertainmentworld.com. So come visit and check that out as well, because not only do you got a book, we got merchandising and stuff up there. We got yesterday, today, and tomorrow information on the group from the very first record, you know, to a lot of shows and all that. So come there and check us out again, www.switchentertainmentworld.com. Check out I Love You More or check out my book, Switch to Barge Motown and Me. Or just check me out. I'm there hanging. Talk to you. Man. You know what? That's just an amazing situation. People, please support. Please support. Please support our brother. I mean, he has been at it. I mean, he's done some amazing things. I mean, I don't know that two hours is going to be enough for this guy. You know what I'm saying? It's like I look at the resume, and the resume is, is just outstanding, you know, and I, I thought I knew a lot about you, you know, but it's like, man, the people that you work with, uh, behind the scenes, you know, it's yeah, amazing. I've had fun. So, yes, yes. So let's go back. Let's go ahead. Let's pick up wherever you want to go, uh, Greg. I'm with you. Wherever you want to go. Uh, I don't know, Where man. You, you got to ask me questions. I got answers. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's say this. You got you got um, Jermaine Jackson. So now they set up the um, the situation. You get Bobby, and uh, how did Tommy? How did Tommy come around? Tommy was, believe it or not, other than my uncle Sylvester Williams, who would not leave Grand Rapids, Tommy was my first choice. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, I, when I put okay. the group together, I did want my uncle Sylvester, and he helped me along with MC and Andrew Brown. They helped me do the initial demos for the demos that Switch ultimately cut. I mean, we cut them at okay. Andrew's house. Okay. So when okay. it was finally time I got the money and it was time for me to leave Grand Rapids and go on and put this group together, Sylvester couldn't come. He's married, got kids. Andrew couldn't come. Mm-hmm. He's married, got, you know, jobs and kids, both of them same situation. But MC said, I'm going. So me and MC took off and I got Tommy. Who Tommy, oh, wow. again, Tommy had joined White Heat in a later stage anyway. So I knew that Tommy okay. would be my guy if Sylvester didn't come. So I got Tommy. So Tommy was there from from day two, not day one, day two, because he was like, he was, we sent him a bus ticket, and he straggled, but he came. So I, I had that. Yes. 
<laughs> and, and the thing of it is, is that he was a bad boy, you know, with the, with the bass. So, oh God, um, yes. I, I remember MC not going, um, and I know that that's a hard thing to do, man. You got kind of like in Grand Rapids, it's kind of a, a unique, a unique city. So, um, you got to be prepared for what what you're aiming for in the, when it comes to the music business. So, let me ask you this: What kind of stuff have you dealt with? Uh, in the industry, good or bad, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people talk about the industry, and a lot of people say, well, you know, it's evil, it's wicked. You know, what are you experiencing? I know your journey is much, much different than other people's journey that has been in the business. So what did you take? But, well, quite frankly, a lot of the stuff I went through was not more unique than other people. It was, you know, uh, if somebody's driving my blue Rolls Royce, all the money I done earned that I didn't get. So we yeah. talk about that. And and, right. and and believe it or not, I'm going to surprise all of you guys and tell you, I cut records with Motown and Switch and from 1978. Let's say that's what, roughly maybe 42, 43 years ago when I first started. Mm-hmm. I didn't get my first royalty yeah. check from Motown. and I didn't get my very first royalty check from Motown and, until last April. What? I'm talking about April of 2022. Definitely. What? what? <laughs> wow. Okay. What I did not get my, I got my very first royalty check in 2022, and I wouldn't have got that had I not taken my butt back to school, learned everything I could. They call me Great Williams Esquire now, y'all. I can read and write a contract <laughs> backwards and forwards. I had to learn that. But. It wouldn't have happened had I not learned all that I could learn and then find out who was holding my check. Yeah. You sound like Sly Stone, my brother. I mean, well, that I, don't, is I don't know terrible. Sly's story to say yay or nay. I just know that it took me 40-something years to get my very first check. Oh, my God. Wow. I mean, keep in mind this, though. Fortunately, I've been blessed. Uh, as a songwriter, I've made money throughout the years. As a producer of mm-hmm. Boys to Men, TLC, Dr. Dre, Groove Theory, Temptations, and others, right. I've made money throughout the years. But as Gregory Williams of Switch, the writer, arranger, producer uh, with Switch, I did not get my very first royalty check until last year. Damn. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And you know what I turned around and did after I wound up getting it and found all the ways to get it? I immediately went back and started to get my brothers their checks. Because they weren't paying them either. Good I'm talking about the you. other guys on Switch, Flip and Eddie and Jody and yeah. Tommy's estate and Bobby's estate. That's good. Beautiful. And I'm That's still good. fighting Beautiful. some of those battles, but I think mm-hmm. I done won already. I, I think finally it's 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 going to be what I needed to be for them this year. Yeah. Well, I, I, and I said all that, that to, for one, to enlighten y'all, that it's a crazy, dirty business on a lot of levels. And the sad thing yeah. about it, it is called the music business. So you can't bring your ass up in there thinking you can only play music and win. You got to learn some business too. Right. Right. Well, there you go. Yeah. You know. Okay, you got to. You go. Or, and the very best thing you can do is if you, because I, I happen to learn over the years, and this is my thought process, guys. But music is a left brain, and business is a right brain, and a lot of times it don't meet with people. A lot of times mm-hmm. people are studying mm-hmm. what they set in and talented in and what they talented in. So what a lot of people I would suggest for those who just want to do music and ain't got that business acumen, 
find somebody that only got the business sacrament and don't want to do the music and let them have the eyes in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. Right. That is that's crazy. Wow. That is absolutely crazy, man. But All I had to learn because I had nobody and I had no money to hire nobody. And right, right. Plus, I'm a stubborn dude. You get a crawl up, I get a crawl up my butt, I'm going to figure out why. Right. And how to get right. it out. Okay? Man. So, okay. Anyway. It well, amazes me. Wow. Um, that, you know, I'm seeing Billy. It just, it just interests, it's just amazing to me how many people, how many stories there are in the music business of how people, you know, get ripped off without really knowing, you know. And I and think, Billy, sad, this was something that you had mentioned. Yeah, it it's is something that Billy was mentioning. He was going to try to help. Yeah, he was going to try to help the artist. And I'm like, Wow, you know, the more stories I hear, woo. <laughs> but as you were saying, yeah. well, see, all of us go into this music business because we love the music. We love the entertainment. We ain't tripping on all the rest right. of it. This is what we love to do. But the reality right. of it is if you're going to do it as a profession, you better be aware that it is a business and that somebody yeah. getting paid somewhere and find out yeah. how it's yeah. supposed to be you, where it's supposed to be you and how to get yours. And again, if you can't do it, find somebody to look for that for you while you go play on stage. So, yeah. yeah. Wrote a book about it. Want to read it? No. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And and you know what? What's good about it is, yeah, what's good about it is people like you, people like Billy, I mean, you guys. You tell people, you warn people, you know, and you help people in what they're getting into. Yeah. You know what? I don't do half of what I would love to do for people. I really don't because, I, you know, I've, I am doing speaking engagements here as of late, but I'm doing it because I'm an author now and because it's, uh, the autobiography tells a lot about the business itself as well as what happens and what can happen. But I would love to do a lot more because – I came in as innocent as anybody. I just had to wake up and realize that, Greg, if you don't get up on it, you ain't going to never get what you do. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. I had the tenacity to go and get it. Yeah. So, but it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I go back to the book and I'll tell you, there's some good stories in there. There's some funny stuff in there. God, have I had some fun in my in my 40-something years in this music business, 50-something years in this music business. You know, so there's been a lot of good stuff, too. That was just just sharing one thing because it still surprises me. I'm still in awe that it took me 40-something years to get my first damn royalty check. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Whoa. Okay. Got okay, well. <laughs> yeah, this do, this now, Welcome. this opens it up. I'm opening up the line on the studio oh. for everybody oh. that air. Listening to Greg, <laughs> and uh, maybe it's going to be an all-out conversation. Everybody can chime in. Cool. Yeah. You know, uh, we oh, got yeah. worldwide in the house. You know, we got, you know, Sat Real Worldwide. We got Greg Williams Worldwide. Um, it don't get any better than this. So um, anybody wants to chime in, um, they can feel free to ring the bell. Come on in. And, um, hey, we're good to go. So let's go back. Let's let's do this. Let's go for a commercial break, then we'll come back. Everybody ready for it? Okay. 
Everybody, everybody ready for that. You're listening to the Caribbean Radio Show. Billy and Friends on the top reel. And there we have it. Keep it tuned right here. (laughs) This week's guest. All right. All right. What's up? It's you, Mike. Hello. Yep. It's Shalom, Chat Rillers. This is Dr. Denise Bacardis, metaphysician, philosopher, and psychotherapist. I am one of the hosts of the Chat Rill with Billy and Friends. I'm also the host of the Black Jewish Queen live chat. I am here to announce another good friend of Billy Tappan and Friends, the writer of The Matrix and Terminator, the original Oracle herself. Sci-fi writer, Oscar, and award-winning Sophia Stewart. Did you know that Sophia Stewart has a lineup of fantastic books available, especially for those who love and enjoy her written work of The Matrix and The Terminator movies? If you love these movies, you will love her books. Her latest book is quite exciting for those who love The Matrix. It is called The Evolution of Conscience. Matrix 4, that is the evolution of conscious. Matrix 4. In this book, Sophia Stewart talks about cracking the genetic code. This is a must-read for those who love the Matrix and the Terminator. I am happy to announce this book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble bookstores. It is also a recommended book on Goodreads along with her other best-selling five-star books. Number one, The Third Eye. Number two, The Mother of the Matrix. Number three, Matrix Trivia, all written by Sophia Stewart. These books are popular, and they are selling fast. Order your copy today. Don't forget, Sophia Stewart's books are available on Amazon, sold at your local Barnes & Noble bookstores. You can even purchase her book on Goodreads. You can also visit her webpage at thetruthaboutmatrix.com. That is thetruthaboutmatrix.com. Order yours before supply runs out. The choice is yours. The blue pill or the red pill. Chat with you soon, little people. Bye-bye. The Caribbean Radio Show with Evie and the Chat Reel with Billy and Friends proudly sponsors the Give Back to Jamaica Project. We give shoes to families in need throughout the country. We encourage our listeners to partner with the Give Back Jamaica Inc. Drive. We believe in whatever it takes to build a nation. It will improve a nation by giving. Send your monthly donations in any amount. Every penny counts. Or send your shoe donation in. Don't forget to tell Evie at CRS Radio that the chat reel sent you. Send your donation to www.givebackjamaica.org or email Evie at jamaica at gmail.com. That is jamaica at gmail.com. 
I used to think about immature things. You know, like, do you love me? Do you want me? Are you going to call me like you said you would? Is this really your real phone number? But you know, I'm a man now, baby, a grown man. And I came a long way. <laughs> and a fear taught me one thing. Taught me to hold on to my love.
Introducing Caribbean Radio Show, the chat reel with Billy and Friends. And now, here is your host, Billy Tappin. Welcome back, everybody. All right, well, Greg, we've got the uh, lines open, um, but what I want to do is, is, before we get into the book, I want to ask you a question on this particular song. This is always okay. a hit in my heart. Matter of fact, all the, the Switch projects um, I felt were the, it was a hit as far as I was concerned on every song. But um, Thank you, sir. The, all the changes in the song, man, I mean, blowed away when I first heard it. I was, I'll tell you where I was at. I was actually working in the plant um, at General Motors. And I went out okay. to lunch, and one of my friends had the A-track. Now, we're going back, but the A-track. So I go to lunch with him. I haven't, I haven't heard it. You know what I'm saying? I just heard about it, but I hadn't heard it. And when I gotcha. heard it, it just it blew me away. So all those different changes, man, that, that, how did y'all, you know, Come up with that. I mean, you guys are just geniuses. On are you song. referring to I Call Your Name? Yes. Yes. Okay, gotcha. It's funny, too, that man. It, while it was playing, I had went all the way back. Bobby and I lived in an apartment in North Hollywood, California, uh-huh. in 1977. First thing we did was we lived in a hotel. Then we got the band house. And shortly after we got the band house, I moved into an apartment. Uh, with a female friend of mine, and after she moved out after about eight months, Bobby moved in. We had a piano in the living room. So okay. most nights when we weren't in the studio or we weren't in meetings or we weren't in photo sessions or we weren't doing things with Jermaine and Motown, Bobby and I were in that living room on that piano till we hours of the morning, three, four, five, sometime o'clock in the morning on that damn piano. Anyway, one night I'm in my room and I'm on the phone with, no, that was they'll never be. But anyway, I'm on the phone with a friend of mine, and all of a sudden I'm hearing Bobby lighting the piano up. So I walk in, and all he's doing is playing, and he starts humming, and I'm humming with him. And before that night was over, we came up with I Call Your Name, and we completed that song that night. That was a rare thing, but we completed that song that night. Lyrics, melody, the whole damn thing. That night, and... uh when we finally went into the studio to record it, it was like everybody went into shock. I'm talking about the other guys in Switch, the other engineer and Jermaine and the other people that were there because they were so in awe of what we were doing. And Bobby and I were tag teaming on the production. He would lay this part, and I would get either lay this part or go get somebody to lay this part. And it was us bouncing ideas off of each other. And it was the most unique set of circumstances that, and I was sitting here reliving all of that while I'm listening to that song. I went all the way back. And also, and let me throw something in real quick, and I'll come back to that. But during that year, that time frame, you guys played a commercial just a moment ago for Sophia Stewart. That's a friend of mine. That's when she and I met and connected. We were Hollywood kids dreaming. And if some of you don't aren't aware, Sophia Stewart is the girl that wrote The Matrix. So anyway. Yes, yes. We actually oh, yeah. had her here. I, I know her yeah, um, because she, uh, she yeah. told me that she was, you guys were friends. Yeah, she yeah. and I have been friends since like 1977. So it was really yeah. nice to hear the commercial on her. And also to know that finally she got her due because they stole her book. 
that the industries are crazy, you guys. You gotta be up on your business, on your business. Because right. if you ain't, they right. will take you for a ride that you'll never come back from. But anyway, there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Getting back on point, uh, I call your name. It, the, the recording of it and all of it was so special. So it had no choice but to come out and be special. But again, you guys. I share this as Greg Williams, the co-writer and producer of I Call Your Name. I am still humbled. I am so humbled because that song lives today. I prayed that I, we could do, we could just make a mark, but God, I think about there'll never be an I Call Your Name, and here I am, you know, an old man now, listening to what I did when I was a young man, and hearing young folks coming up doing what I did. And praising it and putting it on a whole nother level. I am so thankful I can't even share with you guys how thankful I am. No, I'd like to ask, is it, is it true that uh, that Bobby had LaToya Jackson in mind when he wrote that song? No, it's not true. I That's co-wrote that. LaToya was my friend, not my girlfriend. So, <laughs> But it is funny that Bobby and LaToya were going together at that, at that time because LaToya was at my that apartment I was just telling you about Bobby and I was in. She was at that damn apartment all the time. But no, that had nothing to do with LaToya. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you put that rumor to rest. (laughs) I have a question. You didn't have a crush on LaToya now, did you? To me? Not at all. That was my buddy. No. Me either. Oh, okay. I, no. Well, I was like, no, Bobby was going with Latoya at the time, and and I was her confidant. Oh, I'm the one she'll say, Greg, make Bobby do so and so because he ain't doing it, and, and why right. is he not doing so and so? And and Latoya asked Bobby, don't be asking me that. No, that's my buddy. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Yeah. So it was <laughs> I didn't know Bobby. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but yeah, well, the line for oh, the lines are open, so if you have a question for Greg, um, please feel free to chime in, um, and we'll let you in. So, um, oh yeah, that's outside of that, Greg, I, I just the, the song is just phenomenal. I, I just Thank no, you. I have it in my library. You know what I'm saying? And I I'm play sure. it often, but it's a song that's going to never die. That's the thing, I, and that's what you. That's I know the that. For this. And, you know, I feel that, you know, just like Beethoven and Picasso and Bach and some of the great things back in the day, I don't know who puts it on what level as they do as they listen to it these days, but it lasts. It lives on. And I am so thankful it will supersede my life, and I'm thankful for that. Yes. Yes. Well, I call myself the self-proclaimed slow jam king. So slow jams, you cannot beat us. When I want to talk to Excuse me, ladies. When I really want to lay it down to a lady, uh, what, what I do is I, I go through my library and I get one of the. I get like I call your name or or they'll never be or you know you get through the jam or I go back and give very life. I got so much to give, you know. And and you lay that on them and you say, look, this is how I feel, you know. I mean, you got to put that. I call your name, girl, you know. So, TJ and, and Greg, is that song considered like um, the baby making song per se? You know, quote unquote. Oh, you put that. Let me wait a minute. Okay, let me throw something in here real quick. Me and the guys were on a promotional tour. I forgot what year. I think this was 1981. Me and the guys were on a promotional tour, and we happened to have a, a layover in Chicago. And there was, we're standing there, you know, we're all out and open and folks can communicate with us. And there was a guy that ran up to us. He said, is y'all switch? And I said, yeah. And he said, 
And he went on raving about the songs. And he said, wait a minute, y'all going to be here for a second? And then he run away. And he get this little kid. This little kid couldn't be no more than four or five. And excuse me, but I'm going to just tell you what he said. He said, you see this little MF? Y'all made him. Y'all need to help me pay the child support. I mean, we get no that. Care, we get man. that all the time. Yes, those yeah. were baby making songs. Yeah. You, uh, oh, you, wow. When you grab a lady close and you know how to slow dance, that's the precursor of everything. Oh, Women like a man that's so a now. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. You know that's the, that's the song. Sorry, yeah. I think out of um, you yeah. know, some of the songs throughout the uh, '60s and '70s, um, I, there's probably a good 20 songs I would say that, as far as songs like um, you know, I call your name, um, but that's I think that tops it all from all the songs that I've ever loved. You know, like I said, when I heard that outside the plant in the car. I was, I was just blown away. I'm like, because, you know, oh, man, being an artist. To this day, uh, uh, yeah, Billy, I'm sorry, and, and I didn't interrupt, but Greg, Billy, okay. ladies, it's, uh, that yeah. song, stand, like Billy said, stands to you. A good song, the melody, I'm a, I, I'm a guy who likes me- melodic songs. So the melody of that right. song will stand the test of time. When I yeah. get 90 yeah. years old, I can put that song on and my great, great, great <laughs> grandkids. Okay, let's go look at Papa so jamming, yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, the melody of that song, man, you know, and I love I love Switch. I love you guys each individually, and I love the group. Thank you. But I, Thank you very much. We're talking to a, 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 a drive time, two to six afternoon old DJ guy on the radio who knew okay. that when he dropped that in the third hour of my show, when I dropped that, I call your name, the phone lit up, and people wanted to talk and, 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 and tell me stories about all kinds of things. Yeah, well, you know, like I I said, when I heard it, Greg, what slowed me away is that all the changes in that song kept you still in that loop, man, but it just, it it blows me away, man. I mean, I haven't heard, maybe some Earth, Wind & Fire stuff blew me away, but something like that particular song took me there, and I had to go the very next day and get the you know what I'm saying? Okay. I dare say, I dare say we were just we were very blessed and very fortunate that we created music yeah. then that still stands now. And I'll tell you something else too, real quick. I call your name Drake, recorded on a song called "No Friends in the Industry." He sampled it. The last time I since I'm a co-writer on it, the first name that pops up in, in the writers is mine. You know, if you pull it up on Google or you do any of the chart search and all that, the first name to pop up is mine, thank God. I'm hoping that the first check that pop up is mine, too, because that thing has had over 100. Right. That thing has, has mm. uh, the last count I had, which was a few months ago, had over 150 million spins, oh my which God. is phenomenal oh for any God. record. Man, so, there it is. Yeah, it is. Because it's so. a classic. That is yeah, you break it all down, man, with all the albums that you guys had. I mean, there wasn't any songs on it that I did not like. Um, there were songs on it that that, I, that was just great. This one in general, man, just really pulled me in, for real. So I, I want to um, – let's talk about a little bit about the book. Um, 
I know that we have talked a little bit about the Jermaine situation and the, uh, the, the getting in front of Barry. What was that like? Were you nervous? No, we old pros. At that point, we weren't nervous. I will say excited, but not nervous. We had a show to do. And the first time we got in front of Barry, it was at a showcase. Jermaine and Hazel had set it up where we performed for, we basically had the deal we hadn't signed, but the deal was there. And so they wanted to see what they were getting. So Barry, Barry Gordy, Smokey Robinson, Suzanne DePaz, Thelma Houston, Al Davis, uh, and so many of the Motown dignitaries. I think there was probably uh, other producers and stuff. I think there was probably about a dozen people that came to uh, the rehearsal studio, SIR, in Hollywood to see us perform. And as I said in the unsung, and I keep repeating because it's true, we blew them away. I created a group where we had... Uh, uh, four lead vocalists so if Bobby wasn't singing or Philip wasn't singing or I wasn't singing then Tommy was singing if Bobby wasn't on the keyboard and Philip wasn't on the bass and Tommy wasn't on the drums and we kept moving around even in the middle of a song somebody else would take over where somebody else was and right. we messed some folks right. up we just yeah. messed them up they had no idea that much talent was on that stage and Man. the funny thing about it is I'll tell you this part. We had, me and Jody had tried to name the group First Class because we flew First Class to California on somebody else's dime. First time ever. We so impressed with First Class, we tried to name the group First Class. Well, uh, they found out that there was already a group out of New Jersey on a label called First Class. So we're trying to think of a name, but still we got to keep moving. And we do this showcase. And while we're doing this showcase, I mean, after we finish the showcase, Everybody in that room was just on their feet. They was walking up, complimenting us, telling us how great we were, welcome to Motown, all this stuff. And Suzanne DePaz says, you guys have just got to be the most fantastic thing we got as this label. I've never seen so much switching in my life. And I grabbed wow. that. And that's how the name Switch came about. And you know what? Perfect, perfect name. Because I it's think it. it took you further than what it would have with her class. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah, it, it was a lot further. <laughs> it, it, it damn sure did. I think so too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and uh, while we're on here, you know, I, once again, you know, um, I have to do this in memory of 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 our Williams, your brother. Um, we Thank were you. very good friends, and uh, yes. we lost him um, years back. But uh, um, I, like I said, all my my home home homies from uh. Grand Rapids, and I want to give a shout out to them. Uh, Greg, and let's keep rolling. Um, we're going to go it. to in a couple minutes, about a minute, we'll go to a break. But let's uh, let's go ahead and try to um, to go. Let's go past the Motown dilemma. Um, what happened? What went wrong? Uh, kind of. I'll be as as clear as I can with it. Okay. But you guys, let's digress for a second and let me tell you that I did not choose Bobby to be in my group first because okay. I knew he had some issues and I knew he had some things that would uh, could wind up being a detriment to the group. Well, after right. uh, the first few years, the drugs and the ego and the issues that he had came back into play. 
Yeah. And it became a negative for us. It became something that we just couldn't deal with. And me as the leader of the group, I got to be for everybody. I'm love Bobby. Uh, that's my boy. Right. But I got to look out for the overall. Right. And he and I right. wound up in conflict those last couple of years at Motown. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, there was something that he did that Barry Gordy did not care for, and Barry made his exit. And once mm-hmm. Barry made his exit, everybody else followed suit. So we found oh, out yeah. it was time for us to go, so we left. And as okay. we left, Bobby went in a different direction. Tommy followed Bobby. Philip went over to Quest because his brother James Ingram was a, a Grammy winner at the point in time. And and right. that's when when the group the group fell apart for it took me twenty years to put the group back together. Right. So Eddie is Eddie still with you now? Eddie stayed with me all the way down the line, and Jody stayed with me all the way down the line. When Bobby and Tommy went over and did what they did and was messing with the barge and Philip was over there with James, me, Jody, and Eddie put together, uh, grabbed some other guys, and went over to Total Experience where the Gap Band and and Yarbun people were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it took me 20 years to put the group back together, and I refused to do it because Bobby's sound was so unique that uh, I wasn't just going to take no anybody to try to do it. Until right. a friend of mine called me and said, Greg, I got a guy here that's cutting songs that sounds like yours, and uh, oh, can you talk to him, man, because he just want to meet you. He get on the phone, he said, man, I'm your number one fan. <laughs> and I said, okay, right. cool. He said, man, will you listen no, to my stuff? In line. That's me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He said, when you listen to my stuff, man, I think you'll like it. They sent me his stuff. It took me about three weeks to listen to it. But when I finally listened to it, I was driving to class one day. And I had to pull my car over. He sounds so much like Bobby DeBarge. I had to pull yes, my car over. Did. Yes, he does. And I said, Bobby, oh, yeah. this ain't right. I called that guy. And he came down. And check this out. Now, Akili is an attorney. He was actually one of the attorneys. When I met him, which was in 2003, he was actually one of the attorneys, uh, in fact, the lead attorney on the Bill Gates antitrust suit. Wow. I mean, he, no joke. He's still no joke. He still does his attorney thing. He worked for the State Bar of California, prosecuting other attorneys. Achille ain't no joke. He never lost a case. This guy was killer. But his desire wow. was also to do music. And so I asked him, could wow. he come down uh, at any point? He said, I can come down this weekend. He hopped on the plane and come down that weekend and ain't left me since. I was going to put, I told you I was managing L at the time, so I was actually going to put Switch back together and do Switch featuring L DeBarge. But then okay. I realized that I'd be shortchanging L's career as his manager. I couldn't do it. As well right. as shortchanging switch, because if I got something greater for L, I had to pursue it. Right. Okay? Yeah. So, but this guy, Keely, came, and all of a sudden, it fell in place. And L loved and endorsed him. They they tight now, as is. L loved and yeah, endorsed right. him, and we just went ahead and moved forward with it. And that's how I finally got switched back together, and we've been together since 2003. Uh-huh. Okay. Let me ask you this real quick. That's a story. You got any dates? Um, any tour dates coming up? We do. 
Right now, we do like about 20, 25 years, to, I mean, 25 dates a year. We're about to embark on a tour with Karen White, O'Brien, and uh, O'Brien and Yarbrough and people. I'm just waiting on oh, them to finalize you know the I would throw them to my mouth. I don't want to throw them out until I, all of them are finalized, but that's what we, we got right now. We'll do this. Because uh, Yarbrough and Peoples um, are good friends of mine. I um, actually was down there with them after I had my heart transplant. Um, trying to do some recording, um, which, you know, okay. needed more rest, and I just wasn't ready at that time. So, But um, I haven't talked to them in, in a few years, but that should be really good. I'm going to try to get them on the show. Um, I've got the numbers. I don't know if they're the same or not, but um, I'll see. But if you talk to oh, we'll uh, Kevin. If not, I got them. Okay, good. Yeah, because Kevin and so, Lois and I have been friends since, since uh, uh, the Total Experience days. Oh, my God. I didn't know that because, you know what, we were down there, um, and it just never came up because I was working. Bernard Wright was actually uh, working with me um, at that gotcha. time. On the, on the, yeah, Bernard Wright. And, uh, you know, he, small, small, small circle, huh? Absolutely. No, I used to hang in New York when I moved to New York in 80, about 85, 86. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're more my, my people, man. I really uh, enjoyed every bit of it, you know. And uh, even though things didn't go accordingly, but I need to get strength. You know, it, it popped up uh, so quick for that opportunity, and, and I just really wasn't strong enough at that time. So I went ahead and rolled the dice, you know. And, uh, you know, I didn't do bad. You know what I'm saying? It's just that it just didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out. But, Understood, yeah, but thank God you're here, so you got another shot at it. Yes, exactly, exactly. So Bottom what we're going to do now, we're going to, go to, we're going to go to commercial break, then we're going to come back, and we're going to finish up, and we're going to talk about whatever you want to talk about, Greg, whatever you want to get out there. We're going to get your information out there again, and we're going to have our audience take down and, and support um, the Switch projects, and uh, we'll go right to commercial, and we'll be right back. TJ, take us out. You're listening to the Chat Rio on the Caribbean Radio Show. Billy and Friends, our guest this week, arranger, producer, founder of the group Switch, Gregory Williams, will be right back with Switch, and I want to be closer.
There. I'm here. Okay, and we're back. Um, so, I got um, I want uh, um, Robin and Denise. Are you there? Okay. We, I All believe, right. I'm here. I'm okay. here, Billy. All right. All right. Is there anything that I'm you want to ask, Greg? Okay. Is there anything that Robin you want to ask? Uh, Greg, while we have mine, you had made a statement to me um, that I was reading, and uh, I think he'll get a kick out of it because I think he knows, you know, we go back that way. We go oh, back. Well, so go ahead, Robin. is there anything, because we were just talking about the song and everything? Well, we were, well, while we were listening to the song, I was just saying that that was that particular song was a favorite song. Uh, I live in Chicago, so uh, we have basements in Chicago. I don't know if everybody is familiar with basements or not, yes. but we have basements right, in Chicago. <laughs> and that was like a, a, a red light basement party song, you know, for the guy. Yeah. Richard Robin. And you know, Robin, they put you on the spot. I'm so sorry. I just thought the chat was so It's okay. It's okay. But I, now I'm telling my age. Come on, Rob. Yeah. Red light basement party. You got it right. Preach it. Yep. Yep. Now, I know you remember yeah. this one, Greg, with uh, Bird, with the basement, uh, red light basement uh, parties. Of and course. Stuff. Down there, down there on Union? Absolutely. Union yeah. and Logan? You know I remember. Yeah. He, <laughs> oh, my God. He's still, he used to throw the best, man. He would throw the best parties. And you know what? We'd all squeeze into that basement. You know? That's we didn't right. have no problems. Yeah, we didn't have no problems. So, um, I, you know what? This has been enjoyable, uh, Greg. It really has. And I just, uh, I know some of the listeners out there, some of them probably um, 
afraid to come on the air. Uh, but we are, you know, um, you know, worldwide. And I would say this, um, that our archives, um, if you missed this show with Greg Williams of Switch, if you missed this show, you can always go to the archives and listen to right. any of the past, past shows. So, um, yeah. Greg, um, is there anything that you want to talk about? And uh, yeah, I'll just share a few things with everybody. One cool. is that I am uh, currently working on book two. Uh, oh. The first one oh, is right. Switch DeBarge, Motown, and Me. The second one still is about Switch and uh, DeBarge. As I said, I managed L, and a lot of people don't know that uh, Bobby spent his last two weeks of his life in hospice, but he spent the past three, right. the last three months prior to that last two weeks living with me. Even though Switch had broke okay. up and a lot of things had taken place, he came back and uh, got with his brother, you know, and that's how he lived the last few weeks of his life. So I wrote about that, among other things. I wrote a lot about the business, you know, that I was in. For example, a lot of people don't know, you played I Want to Be Closer, that I actually co-wrote I Want to Be Closer with Jermaine, but there were some credits in that food. So I talk about all those things in the second book as well, and all my years okay. up to now and, and things like that. But uh, most of all, I think I just want to share how grateful and thankful I am for not only those that bought the records and all those fans, but for all of you that are on this program right now that uh, will help perpetuate and continue the memories of something that I did as a kid, something that I just wanted to do that turned into something great. You know, I appreciate you all because without you, it, it still wouldn't be, it would still be just a dream and nothing more. So, well, I'll tell you. And, okay, really and I do say you. this: check out, check us out. If you want to know about what Switch is doing and things like that, join us on our website, www.switchentertainmentworld.com. You can find the book. You can find that single, "I Love You More." You'll find all our albums. All the information is there, and I dare say it's not a shabby website. So, come check us out and hang out with us. You know, and you'll get to know what we're doing. Here. <laughs> So, so Billy, um, you're in Atlanta hey, now? Billy, Billy, before we, uh, you know, I, I want Greg to repeat that a few more times before we close out the show tonight. Right. Oh, the website. That is yeah. www.switchentertainmentworld.com, where we're waiting for you. <laughs> All right. So, I'm sounding like a low-budget radio announcer. Right, right. We're loving you. Come on here and DJ with TJ here. That sounds good. You know what? I welcome the opportunity, really. Really? Oh, awesome. I really appreciate it. The more the merrier. I really appreciate it, especially coming from a man of your caliber, Mr. Williams. Well, thank you. Yep. And then, uh, uh, that's something else that I've done over the years, you guys. I've got blog talk radio on the Love Zone with Waddell Potts from Solar Records. I did that for a few oh, years, so, you know, you pull that that's up. Right. That's right. Wow. Uh, that's right. Oh, yeah, I do I have had my moment at it. <laughs> so, you know what? Oh, right. Billy, I mean. <laughs> Billy and TJ, I mean, you uh, guys got to invite and, Gregory on here. <laughs> I'd love yeah, to. Right. I really would. Yeah. I'd love to come on with you guys. 
Okay. Say, uh, I I'd like to give a shout out to your cohort in Switch, uh, Mr. Philip Ingram, who had uh, heart surgery a couple years back. Well, not surgery. He had a heart attack, but well, it was. I think that back it was, but it was not as deep as it sounds. But it was. He right. did have stents put in his heart. He sure did. He's doing great now. He lost weight, yeah. and Philip is like he's like he's in his twenties. Wow, yeah, you're yeah. doing good. Hey. Yeah. But thank you. Okay. You're All welcome, right. Well, friend. I'll tell you what, Greg. You are welcome anytime. Um, you want to come on and, and uh, host with us? You can do that. We can make that happen. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So, um, about nothing. Sounds like fun. You can, that would be awesome. you can have. Um, yeah. Everybody. And um, everybody there's so much more. There's so much more to talk about. Um, that we're not able to get into, but we'll have to bring you back anyway. Um, I like that. Convenient. And, uh, I like that. Uh, also, um, next Monday, we're going to have, uh, I think it's going to be Billy Wilson from the uh, Motown, president of the Motown alumni. So, yeah, uh, that's my partner, my, too. Oh. Ah, <laughs> see, I'm all over the place, <laughs> man. I'm all over the place. So you might want to come in on yeah, You and Billy... You, you, Greg, yeah, you and Billy know everybody, man. You know everybody. Yeah. Hold on. Hey, <laughs> they, they let me get away with it, you so know? I did it. <laughs> hey, well, why don't you come in on that, Greg? Next week, if you can. You know what? Yeah. No, because I think I can, yeah. but let me double check and make sure. Okay. Oh, if you wow. can, that'd be that awesome. would be awesome. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yes, yes, yeah. Oh, well, I appreciate that. And I have so enjoyed being on here with you guys. I really have. This has been fun. Thank you for inviting okay. me. Okay. Well, let us yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. 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 If you want to come on Monday, we got you. Okay. Okay, we'll talk Billy, now and then with you with what? Yeah. Yeah, Billy, huh? I want to talk to you about something something else, but we'll, we'll talk later. But, uh. Okay. Uh, switch, yes. switch needs to switch needs to ride through Lansing. <laughs> I ain't mad at that either. Yeah. <laughs> Just put me in touch with whoever got the budget. I'll tell them what I need, and we come on down. <laughs> all right, all right. No doubt. Yeah, you got to put that together. You got to put that together. So, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we'll we'll be talking, and uh, I'll hit you up uh, today or tomorrow, and uh, we'll try, try to plan for next Monday if you can do it. That'd be awesome. That sounds That'd good. Be a I think so, but I, I need to double check because I know I got a couple things going on that I need to address. So let's see. Just yep. call me. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming on, Greg. Uh, you know, I love you dearly, man. So we'll look for pushing. All right. Absolutely. Hey, you guys, thanks for having me again. I have so enjoyed and, and all of you thank guys. Thank you so much. Oh. We enjoyed you. Thank you. Very good. Yes, thank you. you you're really inspirational. Really appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Gentlemen, that book is that book is switch. That book is switch the barge Motown and me, and it's at Border uh, Amazon and www.switchentertainmentworld.com. You can get it. Beautiful. Okay, we'll be talking right now. We need to go to commercial and out. We'll be out of here. All right, you guys. Everybody right. take care. Thanks again. Yep, Thanks again. Uh, yep. Thanks. Thanks. Nice. Good meeting you. Absolutely. Bye-bye.
You're listening to the Caribbean Radio Show. Billy and friends, the chat reel. This week's guest was Mr. Gregory Williams, co-founder of Switch, actor, arranger, producer, writer, all that. We'll be right back after this. Hello, hello. Okay, all right, we're done. Uh, just having problems with the uh, studio. So, okay, all right. Um, so you can't get anything. Well, up. You yeah. Can't anything up. I'm really you uh, you want yeah. me to go ahead and announce? Uh, I got it. Really? I got it right now. I think. Uh, what's going on is, and I apologize for some unknown reason. That's studio it has been sticking but everybody yes it's finally back on thank you everybody <laughs> for joining us with the chat real <laughs> and to thank you thank you and really, friends. this week's show was excellent you. good job thank you yes i Thanks. i agree uh so we just got it we just got it so everybody And what you got, Billy? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, Billy, that was an awesome show with Gregory and um, TJ and Robin, everybody. Thanks. And yes, it's back up. It's back up. Okay. It was very, it was a phenomenal show. It was very um, informative. And some of the things that, you know, we didn't know about. So he came on and, and enlightened us and shared his experience with us. And that was just awesome, 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 awesome. Well, it gets better. Yeah, and it I, gets better uh, as yeah. we grow. You know, I have a lot of people to reach uh, out to. You know? Hopefully yeah. some of the listeners, um, hopefully some of the listeners, especially the younger listeners that are trying to get into the music industry took heed to what he said as far as not just being uh, an artist, but also learning the business part of it as well. So you can be able to get right. your money, get your get your royalties, get paid for what you are worth, you know, and your um, in your end in, in this industry, I got tongue for a minute. <laughs> That's right. Right. That's right. That's why it's right. called the music yeah. business, yep. and it's called show business. It's a business. Yeah. That's That's what do you think the people make? Why do you think the, the the heads of those companies make all those all that money? Because it's a business. And so you're right. The young yeah. people need to learn. And not only they I, make I, the I, money I, because I, it's I a business, so. but it's a lot of naive people that come alone that don't understand the business aspect of it because they're right. so no, eager for that stardom. They're, they're eager to be famous, yeah. right? So they yeah. kind of override, yeah. overlook, and they just sign their name on the dotted line and not really paying attention to all of the fine print that's in there. Right. Yeah. Or you don't right. have to take the first deal that the contract got laid in front of you. You don't have to take that first deal, even though you want it, like you want a, mm-hmm. uh, a good stake. But, you know, they have to understand that part of it, too, that sometimes patience mm-hmm. is a virtue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, you know, we get better people, so we just got to build. We just got to keep on building. Um, I've got the people. I mean, there are some people. Uh, I'll get that information from Greg. 
I think I got, I know I got their numbers, but they may have changed it because it's been a few years since I've talked with them. So, um, so once we get that, I'll get them booked down. You're going to love their, their situation too, because they were part of Motown also. Um, they just mm-hmm. yeah. writing a lot of people didn't music. Music. or didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, we didn't but even get an opportunity with. I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead, Denise. Oh, well, no. <laughs> I knew we weren't supposed to go off because that studio didn't want us to go off. It was sticking. So <laughs> this yeah. is a great conversation <laughs> because, I mean, <laughs> Robin and TJ really made some good points, you know, of people who wanted to get in the music business. Um, yeah. They yeah. can listen. These programs are yeah. awesome. They're informative. So, well, very, okay. yeah. very much like so. I, I, yes, I, I feel that you have to. There's no, I mean, in order to protect yourself, like Greg, what do you say he got his first royalty check? Took him 40 years to get his first royalty. You know, yeah. that doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. I mean, the man did the work. Yeah. It's his intellectual property. Give the, give the artist, give them their due. That's the way I look at it. And I'm not an artist. But give them their due. Like everybody, if you punch, punch the clock, you, you earn the money, you do the work, you earn the money. Give them they do. That's all I say about the business. I yeah, I just get frustrated. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. you know what's happening that here? Right. Um, everything is flipping because the industry is no longer needed in these days now because of all the technology. People are doing it in their house. Um, if you look at Donald, um, um, what's we call McDonald? Uh, look what he's done. The number yeah. he's done, TJ. You know. Oh yeah, um, yeah, and, my song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Tom McDonald. Yeah. I mean, he's yep. doing it. Oh, yeah. Brainwash. Brainwash. Yeah, Brainwash. That's the jam. Yeah. Brainwash. Yeah. yeah. And he was yeah. offered a deal. He was offered a deal and turned to John. He don't need a deal. Why is it going to take and have them hold his mm-hmm. money for him for 40 years like, like that? So everybody's sure. doing it themselves. Sure. Now they'll pick up distribution Mas- from, Mas- you know, one of and stuff like that. Also with no limit. Yeah. 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 Master yeah. P with no limit. You know, he... He was the first one to, to restructure the deal. Usually it's 80-20 to the artist. He made it 80-20, or uh, 20, 80-20, the 20% to the artist. Master P's deal, distribution deal, when he took No Limit, was 80% to his company, 20% to the record company. He backed the deal. He yeah. turned it around and flipped it around because he said, well, I already sold 500,000 copies off the trunk of my car. I didn't need their money. I had money. So... You know, I mean, you're right, Billy. With that, the industry started changing. And now with the way digital things, I was watching a thing on Philip Ingram last night. And he said, they send me the the, the recording. I do, like, because uh, he does a lot of commercials and movie soundtracks and movie things. He was in my, my best friend's wedding. But he said that they send it to him, you know, over the thing. He goes in his home studio. He records what he has to and sends it back out. You don't, you're right, Bill. Right. You know, the industry is changing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So what we're going to do right now, we're going to go, we're going to leave out here and with the closing song and uh, we'll talk. Any questions that you guys might have, feel free to call me. A wonderful job. Um, I'm very proud of you guys, you know, even though it's a few technical problems, we're good. All right. uh, right. Let's take it away. That's all right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Peace. (laughs) 